What is up? And welcome to another edition of the Knicks Blog Podcast. I'm Anthony Donnie, joined alongside, as always, with Moak Hamilton. Moak, what is up? I'm chilling, man. I'm chilling. All-Star Weekend is upon us down in the Big Easy. And Carmelo Anthony is making a surprise return to the All-Star game. I'm good, man. I'm probably not as happy as he is, though. How's everything How's everything in your world, my brother? Uh, uh, everything is okay. You know, life is good. The Knicks stink, but that's kind of been my life the last 15, 16 years. Yeah, so what else Literally, is new, right? 15, 16 years, Moke. Like, you would think that's an exaggeration, but it's not. But no, life is okay. And yeah, Carmelo made the all-star team. And, you know, I'll be honest with you. You know, I don't really care. I'm happy for Carmelo, likable guy. But I, I thought it'd be it'd be better for him to have the rest. But at the same time, he don't got to rest for the playoffs. So I guess, go, <laughs> you know, go play. If the Knicks were like in the five seed right now, I'd be like, yo, put Bradley Beal in that game. You know, put somebody else in that game. But the Knicks aren't going to the playoffs. You know, Carmelo wants to be an all-star. You know, go play in the all-star game. Whatever. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So, so their next game, their first game out after the break is is not until Thursday, uh, February twenty third, right? Yes. Now, in Cleveland. So, right in Cleveland. But now, as we speak, Anthony, going into the All Star break, now the Knicks have played fifty seven games, which most teams by this point have played a similar amount, and they're twenty three and thirty four. They've obviously struggled over the past couple of weeks, and now they're in the stands. They look up and they see the Miami Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks ahead of them. So I, heard I, you... I don't even know who's on the Miami Heat. You know why? Because <laughs> they have, they've built a culture down there since 1995 when Mr. Riley took over. Come on, baby. They got Deion Waiters down there, boy. Come on, man. Deion, Deion... Deion Wait... Yeah, Deion Wait... Let's see you. Let's see you name the rest of that <laughs> roster. That's oh not man! That's Ty- <laughs> well, listen, they they got Tyler Johnson. Tyler they got, Johnson, yes, they got Whiteside. Hassan Whiteside. Um, that's probably about it. I don't know if I'm going to get Pick- you more. They got Goran Dragic. Picked up a couple guys from Miami Beach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but 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 Anthony, you, you said something very very interesting though. You said that the you said that Carmelo's not going to be making the playoff. Probably not. So at, at so at this point, you're you you're kind of lost hope in the fact that they're going to get in. You don't think they have a shot, even though they're only a couple of games out. They always have a shot because it's the Eastern Conference. But the New York Knicks have not won consecutive games since December 20th versus the Pacers and 22nd versus the Magic. And now we are past Valentine's Day, which is February 14th. Why the hell would they make the play? I mean, they're gonna no, they don't have a chance. I mean, yes, they have a chance, not numerical wise, but no, they're not gonna make the playoffs. Okay, okay. So the, so the Spurs victory and and the the decent effort they had against the Thunder, you you kind of you kind of discount you kind of discount those altogether. They didn't they didn't show us who they were in either one of those games. Um no. No. Okay. Fair. No. Fair enough. If the Knicks, if the Knicks come out of the All-Star break and they beat Cleveland, they beat Philly and win a couple more, I'll be happy, but it's not going to happen. I hope it does, of course. It's just not gonna. Yeah, well, so do, do you now, now? Let me ask you this: If Charles Oakley shows back up in the Garden, do you think that would give some good karma to the New York Knicks and maybe help break whatever? Is it the curse of Patrick Young? I don't really know what's been affecting this team, but if if Oak finds his way back in MSG, do you think that the good karma can help them erase the four point five game deficit they have from that AC right now? Um, no. <laughs> 
and to be honest, when damn when, man, when, you just you just giving up all hope. You got no hope and, left, huh? And uh, you know, obviously, this is probably the biggest topic for the show today, and we'll get into that right now. And we'll, you know, the, the New York Knicks. And I was saying this to Ian Bagley at the game on Sunday. I was like, you know, I'm, I know you might not have the rooting interest as a, as the fans do. I said, man, the New York Knicks, and this is not, you know, I love them and all, but they don't really need to play basketball games to, for you to cover them. Oh, definitely I, not. I mean, they are the WWE of basketball, of sports maybe. They are Maybe the Dallas Cowboys are similar sometimes with Jerry Jones and all of his antics, but the New York Knicks are like the Jerry Jones of sports. And someone, I was listening to my good friend Dave Rothenberg on ESPN Radio yesterday, and listen to this, Mark, you'll appreciate this, and it's kind of an insult to one of your teams. A caller called up Rothenberg and said, I'm losing so much faith in the Knicks that I'm just going to stick to the Jets. Oh, wow. (laughs) Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, man. That's like, oh, goodness gracious. I I feel sorry for that guy. Tell him. (laughs) Look, you know, there are fans in and around New York City. Like me, at least I was a Yankee fan. You know what I mean? Like at least baseball wise, I never really gravitated toward the Mets. But just think about it. There are some people in New York City that are Knicks fans, that are Jets fans, and that are Mets fans. And, yeah, and, and yeah, and Islanders probably. If you live in oh, Queens, goodness gracious. The Queens, Brooklyn, Long Island area, probably Islanders too. And they haven't had the greatest run. They made the playoffs last year. So that said, let, let's get into this Oakley thing because it's the story, Moke, that just it just won't go away. And, yeah, and but I, we're all I, sick of hearing about it, right? Yes, you but of, it, yeah, yeah. Yes, but I think this. Hopefully, this is the last show we talk about it because I'm sick of talking about it. But I think it, when we did our last show, and thanks to Chris Childs for joining us to talk about it, it had just happened, and I, I I've had to sit and think about a lot of things over the last weekend. Before we're going to get into this, we'll get into Sunday's game with all the ex Knicks there, including Latrell Sprewell and the Charles Oakley thing. And this is something I didn't want to say last week, but here's the thing. Charles Oakley is a great Nick. To me, he's the second or third most popular Nick the last 30 years. Not second or third best, second or third most popular. The New York Knicks, I might take some heat for this, but I'm ready and I'm prepared. The New York Knicks over the last 10 to 12 years, 12, 13 years, have given Charles Oakley many chances to be part of the organization. I can tell you even a game in November of 2004 where they gave him a microphone, had him at center court, and had him try to be an MC. The Knicks, Donnie Walsh offered him a job. Nothing ever happened. James Dolan and the Knicks gave him courtside tickets to a game a few years ago, and Charles Oakley held the press conference under the, under the hoop saying how bad Dolan was. And maybe he's right about that. The New York Knicks, for the most part, have tried with Charles Oakley. He has been completely ungracious since the Knicks traded him on June 24th or 25th, 1998. When John Starks got traded, every time we talked about the Knicks as a player after January of the January of 99 trade, he was always gracious about the organization. I enjoyed my time there as a trade they had to make. Charles Oakley, since June of 1998, has just bashed the Knicks organization, at times he's been right, so and he wants to be treated with a silver spoon and wants the red carpet of the garden. For the record, the Knicks have tried with him. And then after the situation happened last Wednesday, and everybody was wrong. What happened to the garden was awful. The Knicks were wrong. Security was wrong. Oakley was wrong. Everybody was wrong. <laughs> Oakley said he wants to sit down with Dolan. He gets to sit down with Dolan, and now, he's, and now Dolan invites him back to the garden, and now he's like, 
I'm not going back. And now he's comparing Dolan to Donald Sterling. Listen, Mr. Dolan might be a lot of things. He might be one of the worst owners in the history of basketball, From his, but he does spend money. And I will say, forget about that money thing. Mr. Dolan might be a lot of things. He may be a jerk. He may but he be writes a joke. the checks, though. He, he writes, writes the no, checks. Things. He writes the checks, smoke. And yeah. I am confident enough to say, even though it looked a little weird on Sunday, I do not think Mr. Dolan is a racist. Yeah, so so you said a lot there, Ant. Now, the first thing I'm going to tell you, first of all, do me a favor, man. As a grown man, all right, don't tweet to people and tell them that you had tears in your eyes because you saw Charles Oakley getting arrested, okay? Well, As a grown man, don't do that to yourself, all right? You lose street credibility. Now, I'm going to tell you, man, if Jada Kiss finds out about that, you ain't getting no more free juice well, at the juice it, bar in the, in the YO. I'll tell you that right it, now. It was just a weird situation to watch, and everybody was at fault. All right. Just just do me that favor, and if you want to continue to be able to roll with me and show your face in public with me, I don't want to hear about you crying at the site. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're a grown man, and you got to hold it together, baby. You got to be a rock, man. Now, as far as that stuff is concerned, in all seriousness— I've learned a long time ago, Anthony, growing up around here, especially not to be too political, but especially in this day and age, man, where you have ICE officers, immigration and, and customs enforcement officers doing raids and sweeps and stuff in the streets of New York City. I've learned a long time ago the hard way. You never, ever, ever know what's in a man's heart. So a, a, a long time ago, I gave up trying to figure out if somebody is racist or if they have prejudices or if they have biases or whatever. And, and that's just the truth. However, however, I do not think they're like if you're ever going to charge somebody with that, you've got to have evidence. You've got to have something on your side to be able to make such a declaration. And what you said about Charles Oakley 100% factual, 100% factual. And a lot of people don't even don't even remember when Oak was traded, he was even critical of the coaching staff. Like, he he scorched everything on his way out. You know yeah, what I mean? everything. He came back to, the, to play the Knicks in a game in, like, December of 99, and the Knicks won in a last-second shot by Ewing. And after that game, Charles Oakley was like, the garden crowd isn't what it used to be. Oh, so the garden crowd was good a year ago when you were on the team. Exactly. And now the 19,763 isn't that good? Yeah. I remember before we played the Raptors in the playoffs in 2000, the three or four days leading up to that series, all Oakley talked about in the papers, in, the, in all the papers was how he wasn't scared about playing the guard, which is fine. He shouldn't mm -hmm. be. Because uh -huh. the crowd wasn't as good anymore. So the crowd was good in 1998, but it wasn't good in 2000. Honestly, I, I hate to say this, and I, I love number. I know I'm sick of Oakley. I'm just sick of it. I know I might get killed for this, and I'm prepared for it. I'm sick of it. And I, honestly, without Marcus Camby, we don't get to the finals in 1999. I know I'm going to take some heat for this. I'm just flat out sick of hearing about Charles Oakley. I respect everything he's done. Number 34 should not be retired. Only 33 should. I'm just, I'm just so sick of it. All right. Now, here's the thing, Anthony. First of all, you, you doing okay over there, man? You, you sound a little fired up, man. You okay? Might have to... Might have to get you some cold water or something. Cool just, you down I'm a little just, bit. Just speaking the real. No, no. All right. So I'm I'm cool with everything you're saying, Ant, but I gotta I gotta come back at you a little bit just because Charles Oakley may have been wrong in saying that James Dolan is Donald Sterling. He may have been wrong in that. 
But Charles Oakley is not wrong in telling the Garden that they can take whatever olive branch they want to extend him and they can shove it. Because I'll tell you this, going out on ESPN radio with Michael Kay and Jim Dolan sitting there, and it was a great interview, by the way, and Michael Kay did a magnificent oh, job interviewing yes, yes, Jim Dolan. Yes. But, but. The reason why Charles Oakley is pissed off right now and the reason why we're still hearing about this right now is because Adam Silver and Michael Jordan took it upon themselves to inject themselves into the situation and try to smooth it all over. And they can do that for, for the cameras and for the stories and, and to make it all nice before All-Star Weekend and shine it up and all that. It's, it's, it's cool. You can do that if you want. But if I'm Charles Oakley, I do exactly what he did and I say, yo, man, I'm, I, you think I'm just gonna walk back into his house and shake his hand and say, "No, he owes me an apology." But that, but because, Mo, that's fine, Mo, Mo, You're right. That's fine. Well, but hold on, and, hold on, hold on, no, no. But, right, but, right. but, but, but that's the reason why we're hearing about it in the first place. It's because Jim Dolan himself went on ESPN Radio and brought it up, and then Adam Silver and Michael Jordan were the ones that decided they wanted to get themselves involved and try to smooth it all over. So you can be tired of Oak, and I'm, I'm cool with you being tired of him, but let's acknowledge the only reason why we're still hearing about it right now at this moment is because of people aside from Charles Oakley. Yes, and, and a lot of the things James Dolan said on the Michael K show was wrong. To say Oakley may have a drinking problem is wrong. Now, if you want to say he has an anger problem, maybe he does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think but, probably does, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we watched him play, and I'm sure we've all, all heard behind-the-scenes stories about Oak. But, um, yes, James Dolan said some things that were definitely wrong. But then after the incident, and the incident was terrible, obviously, too. But, uh, but Charles Oakley said, even after the incident last Wednesday at Madison Square Garden, he talked about, I still want to sit down with James Dolan. So now he gets to sit down with James Dolan. They shake hands. James Dolan invites him back to the garden. And all Charles Oakley has talked about how he wants to be back at the garden and be a part of the organization. They, so he, he asks for the sit down. He gets to sit down. They shake hands. Dolan invites him back to the garden. And then Oakley turns around and says, I'm not coming back to the garden. Well, I, mean, I mean, it's getting ridiculous. It's because the man wants his apology. He wants his apology. And I'm not, I'm not mad at him for wanting that apology. I would want that too if I were Charles Oakley. I think the New York Knicks personally should release a statement saying that they should release a statement, number one, and then number two... They should probably hold the press conference. They should probably hold a joint press conference with Jim Dolan and Charles Oakley That's both fair. there. That's and for fair. Mr. Dolan to apologize to him. Okay. And and in exchange, Oak apologized as well. Like both both people were wrong in the situation. And in order for it to to fully be smoothed over, we need more than Adam Silver and Michael Jordan to step in. We need fair. both of them to be to be grown men and to acknowledge the fact that they each acted wrongly. Now, now, Ant, the thing that will you know, Draymond Green, man, and, and I'll tell you, the, the entire NBA, they've been looking at this situation. A lot of people have been very, very critical of the New York Knicks organization. And this whole fiasco might actually sting the organization for a for, very, oh, very yeah. long time. So what, 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 so Draymond Green, his comments, right, him attacking the organization and even others. Do you think that that the fallout from this can have long lasting effects, especially as it relates to the Knicks ability to attract free agents to come to this franchise? I mean, unfortunately, yes, I, I do. 
And I wanted to piggyback on Draymond's comments, and obviously, I'm sure at this point everybody's heard them on his Dre Day podcast. You know, good name for the podcast. Um, I was listening to the Chronic the other day. That's some trade. I was about to say that's some trademark infringement, man. That's true. You know what? I wonder if he. Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he got that clear. It was Suge exactly. Knight. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna tell you what. Draymond Green's a tough guy. He don't want Suge Knight after him. Oh man, not even Dre. Dre not Day even, was on death row. So. Listen, not even Charles Oakley want none of Suge Knight, man. You <laughs> no. So I hope I hope Draymond got that clear. But in all seriousness, a few things from Draymond. And now, obviously, you know, I think I really want to hear what you have to say. I, I'm I'm a white guy. You are African American, so you have maybe different perspective. Here's what I think. I think some of the stuff Draymond said was true. The stuff that I thought Draymond said it was true about was the way Mr. Dolan had all the ex-players sitting around him Sunday at Madison Square Garden. I thought that was a little weird. Herb Williams, although John Wallace, they're at almost every Knicks game. They never put them up on the big screen or sit them in the front row. They rarely do. And then they went out of their way to put them on the big screen at the, on Garden Vision. And then the Latrell Spreewell situation, if you're a diehard Knicks fan, number one, you love Spree, and you know that Spree has been Pasana non grata from the New York, New York Knicks organization since he got traded in 2003. I've talked to members of the Knicks organization over the last five to ten years, and I've always, you know, everybody knows I basically have a man crush on Latrell Spreewell. And I said, guys, when are we getting Spree back to the garden? And they basically told me, eh, forget about it. It's not going to happen. Now, because of the 70th anniversary, the New York Knicks had been talking to him to get him back. But when when the when the Oakley situation happened, they definitely rushed it. And Latrell Sprewell told, I believe, Ian Bagley reported it on that the other day that he did not know he was coming to the Garden till Saturday. So Dolan obviously made let, let the world see. So to me, Draymond was right in that. James Dolan looked it looked a little weird having all those guys sitting around him. But as far as the Oakley stuff, uh, listen, I, I addressed that earlier in the show. James Oakley has been killing and killing and killing the Knicks and James Dolan for years. So I don't think that, that, that isn't necessarily a right for you just to get free tickets and to do whatever you want because you're Charles Oakley. That's my stance on that. All right. So my stance on it and what I want as, as a man that, you know, so before, I don't, I don't even want to go into the whole sociological aspect of it, but yes, I do self-identify as African-American. I, I think I have, a bunch of different identities. Go check out a, a book called Ethnic Options by a sociologist called Juliet Shore. Very, very good book. But here's here's how I feel, Anthony. Personally, the way that I feel, you know, I heard the, the borough of Brooklyn president compare Charles Oakley being forcibly removed from Madison Square Garden to Eric Garner. He said it was the Eric Garner situation without the chokehold. And, and I think, I think that we in the black community sometimes get a little carried away and we make these comparisons that really, really do an injustice to some of the injustices that people actually do face. So anytime I hear a pro athlete talk about slavery or slave master mentality or any of that kind of stuff, honestly, it makes me cringe and it makes me cringe because I don't think it's I don't think it's comparable in the least bit. And I don't even want to hear that stuff being, again, unless there's overwhelming evidence or, you know, like you just can't go around throwing out these kind of charges in these kind of terms because you think it makes you sound woke or you think it makes you sound socially educated, you know? And I think that that we 
are beginning to find ourselves in these situations. As athletes like Carmelo Anthony and like Colin Kaepernick get more and more outspoken about things that are impacting the black community in particular, I think that some guys get real, real loose at the mouth and real irresponsible with some of these remarks, some of these comments. So in terms of this slave master mentality stuff, I, I, I don't think that's an, that's an appropriate thing for Draymond Green to say, and I would not levy that kind of charge or that label on Jim Dolan. Now, in terms of whether or not this whole thing is going to hurt the Nick organization, yes, it is going to hurt the Nick organization. But you know what? Jerry Krause, when his Chicago Bulls were winning championships, they didn't have the greatest of reputations either in terms of, of organizational leadership. Players want to play for successful franchises. They want to play for winners. They want to go somewhere where they can get paid and get some glory. So the Knicks have a lot of problems right now. And then if if you're talking about Chris Paul coming in, in July 2017, Chris Paul's not going to not come because of this. Chris Paul's not going to come because they stink. And that's the <laughs> yeah. most important thing when you're in the professional sports stratosphere. So now... The Knicks, you know, the Knicks have been a mess for a long time, and now I never want to say it's officially rock bottom, but it feels like rock bottom the last week. Don't say half. it, and don't say it, because every single season you say something is rock bottom, and next season something worse happens. So, so now you know, <laughs> it ain't rock we, bottom. So Michael K, like you said, did a fantastic. Michael K and Don McGregor did a fantastic job with uh, James Dolan last week, and then Michael K asked him you know, about what's going on with Phil and Carmelo. Still a big story. I don't think the two of them have spoke yet. And, you know, Phil Jackson's called out Carmelo Anthony via Twitter. And when Michael Kay asked James Dolan about it, I mean, James Dolan responded <laughs> ask, ask with, Phil. ask Phil. <laughs> I mean, boy, I mean, this is such a bizarre situation. He said he's going to let Phil write out the contract. Now, do if you're a Knicks fan, do you want – I mean, the big thing when Phil got the job three years ago was – He's going to have the ability to sit in front of free agents, throw the rings out, and guys are just going to come play for Phil if you give them a quarter water and free freaking, you know, pizza somewhere. Well, that's not the case, Smoke. So that said, he has an opt-out clause in his contract. Any chance you think Phil just bounces July 1st? I, I don't think so. I don't think th at this point I think that the Knicks and Phil Jackson they're they're kind of stuck with each other because oh, if God. It, well listen, if Jim Dolan fires Phil Jackson right now, then what the hell are they going to do? Like I don't know. So, the, I don't know. I really listen, don't know. And, and that's the point. That's the point. Sometime it's it's better to have a plan and at least feel like you're working towards something than to 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 realize that you're a chicken with no head running around trying to figure out things and make it up as you go along. And that's exactly where the Knicks would find them. That's where Phil Jackson would find himself if he decided to leave the franchise. And that's where the New York Knicks organization would find itself if it decided to fire Phil Jackson. So maybe James Dolan is doing what... Remember when the, the Bulls or the Lakers would be in a drought where they maybe the other team would be on a 15-0 run, the Lakers or Bulls haven't scored in a while, and Phil Jackson would let just sit there with his arm crossed... Cross yep, and let yep. his team figure it out. Yeah, is that what James Dolan is doing right now with Phil? I'm not gonna say a word, dog. Figure it out. Yeah, I, I think that's what he's doing. I think that's what you're doing. And at this point, I think you kind of have to let Phil Jackson do that because has, has Phil made some mistakes? Yes, obviously he's made some mistakes so far. You could even make the case that he's made more mistakes than he's made good moves, right? But but you do have to give him credit, Chris Tapps Porzingis. Willie yes. Hernan Gomez, Mendogas yes. Kuzminskis, yes. Justin Holiday. These guys can play. Yes. 
These, th they can. these guys can play. Okay, they can play. Phil did not have his draft pick in 2016, right, thanks to the Andre Bargnani trade. He is going to have his draft pick in 2017. If he does decide to trade away Carmelo Anthony, Car you know, Kevin Love now being hurt, I'm not saying that it's going to happen, but if he does manage to get Kevin Love in return for Carmelo Anthony, and then he manages to flip Kevin Love to the Sacramento Kings or to the Boston Celtics or to some other team that could use his services, he gets back one or two first-round picks. At this point, yes, he's handled the Carmelo Anthony situation very poorly, but I, I really do think if you're Jim Dolan at this point, you got to kind of give him the next two years just to see how this thing ends up. Because yeah. you, you just don't know what's going to happen now. And in the interim, you let him try to bring in some more young guys. You let him continue to rebuild the organization in his image and see where you are in another two years. I think that's really the only choice you have now and, if you're Jim Dolan, unfortunately. And I admit, I can get mad and say, fire Phil. But you're, usually every now and then when I say something like that throughout the course of my life, I'll have an answer, even if the answer's wrong. I'll have, like, you know what? do this, and then if you do that, you do this. I can't front. If I say fire Phil, I don't know what to do next. So that might be the thing to do. You know what? Let I'm still rooting for Phil. I root for the New York Knicks, okay? I don't root for Phil Jackson. I So I want Phil to get the job done. So that's right. It's probably best oh, I hate to, to let him ride this out and try <laughs> oh, try to figure this damn thing out. Yeah, the, the the thing that you you need to hope if you're if you're Nick fans is just that he doesn't end up trading Carmelo Anthony for pennies on a dollar, and the main reason why is because Phil Jackson, for whatever reason, is the one that gave Carmelo Anthony the no trade clause. And if Carmelo did not have that no trade clause, bro, he would be in Orlando. He'd be with Mickey Mouse in the Magic Kingdom right now, down in Orlando, chilling, getting some sun, or yes. or he would he would be out ringing some cowbells out in Sacramento with Mayor Kevin Johnson. You know what I mean? Or he might even be down with Charlotte, chilling with Michael Jordan and Kemba Walker, the first-time All-Star from New York City. Carmelo Anthony could have been on so many other small market teams that would have paid a king's ransom to get a player like him because those small market teams know that they won't be able to buy a guy like Carmelo in free agency. So they'd be willing to give up stuff for him. So if Phil ends up having to sell him for pennies on a dollar, that, that will be something that would be very, very, very damaging to his uh, his reputation long term for sure. Moke, let's go around the league as we do every week on the Knicks blog podcast. And as we go around the league, I am it's gonna be kind of Knicks related because we have not touched on it yet. But the 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 big Forbes list came out and no matter what the Knicks do, they can be 0 and 82. The New York Knicks are worth the most money in the league coming in at over three billion dollars. And that proves my point that me Yourself, Mo Hamilton, Jason Pateri, Matt Cerrone, and Keith Slosher could be the starting five, and Madison <laughs> Square Garden will fill up. And I believe the Los Angeles Lakers are number two. They stink too. It's about the market. Those two teams, organizations, no matter how good, how bad, they fill up. And that's why James Dolan is never worried because he looks up from his seat and he sees 20,000 seats filled no matter what. Yeah, hard, definitely hard to argue with that. What was it, $3.3 billion where New York Knicks are worth? $3.3 billion. Yep, about, just about. Uh, I think the Los Angeles Lakers are worth $3 billion. And that is so crazy, bro, because just 10 years ago, you know, the NBA was hemorrhaging money. And I want to say 
I want to say there was a team. I don't know if it was the Milwaukee Bucks or the Phoenix Suns, but there definitely was a team that was sold for like $300 million within the past 10 years. And I remember there was a time where if an investment group could come up with 300 to 400 million, they would be competitive as it related to buying an NBA team. Would so you now, say the NBA would you say the NBA right now from a popularity standpoint is its most popular probably since about 1998? Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think we're at that point. I think you know when you look at the ratings and and yeah, we're, we're definitely at that point. We're 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 close to getting to the Michael Jordan level of ratings and such. Definitely, my around the, and the Lakers are second. They're worth three billion dollars. So it's just amazing. In ten years, we have seen NBA franchises you know go up. Basically, the value of them be multiplied by by five and to ten and times. Like don't it's amazing. let anybody fool you when it comes to the Knicks or Lakers when they say they made a move to fill seats. The Knicks and Lakers, other team, other twenty eight teams may be different. The New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers will fill the Staples Center and Madison Square Garden, no matter who is on the roster. I promise you that. Yeah. So my my around the league, and I'm going with the Boston Celtics, man. I'm going a little north of New York City, and the main reason why it's just so funny. Kind of like the Knicks, right? The Celtics find themselves in this situation where it's like, okay, well, what are they doing? Are they trying to win right now? Like, they signed Al Horford. They have Isaiah Thomas. They got Avery Bradley. They have these guys that are not young kids, right? But at the same time, they got Jalen Brown. You know, they got Jonas Jerebko. They got some guys that are that are younger, and now they have all these picks coming over the next couple of years. They, have they might have the number one pick. They might have the number one pick this year. They have a pick coming from the Memphis Grizzlies from the Jeff Green trade. They have a first-round pick coming from the Los Angeles Clippers from the from the Doc Rivers quote-unquote trade. And they have five first round, uh, second-round picks, five second-round picks that are going to vest between now and 2020. So they have a treasure trove of assets there. And now what I wonder, Ant, LeBron is kind of showing his age a little bit. And now you got Sergi Baca being relocated to TDOT. And now the Celtics, they're holding on to that number two seed, but the Wizards are coming, right? So the Celtics, I think the Celtics now are at a bit of a crossroad. It's like, wait a minute, are they building for the future or are they trying to win right now? And if they're trying to win right now, I wouldn't be surprised to see them flip some of those assets for, you know, uh, maybe a DeMarcus Cousins or a Kevin Love or a Carmelo or a Jimmy Butler. You know what I mean? The Celtics. Very, very interesting situation. And as we head toward the trade deadline, I think that's the number one team that you're going to continue to hear mentioned in trade rumors and the number one team that you need to keep your eyes on because everyone is going to be calling Danny Ainge trying to get some of that booty. And and by booty, I mean, you know, the treasure. You know what I'm saying? Oh, and I, I think, to be honest, the, the Celtics are doing both. I mean, they're building for five years from now while remaining very competitive, and they're a bounce away from being in the conference finals or if, a, if someone on Cleveland gets hurt, you know, you don't wish anybody to get hurt, the Celtics could be playing in the finals. I'm not saying they're going to be, but they're very close. So they're doing both. They're prepared for the future while having an MVP candidate and a very, very good basketball team. So Danny Ainge, for the most part, has been spectacular since he's been the general manager of the Boston Celtics going on over 10, 12 years right now. Maybe the Knicks should try to trade Phil for Ainge. Oh man! Maybe Sorry, maybe I, that's maybe that's the trade they need to make. Yeah, that's the answer. Fire Phil Jackson, hire Danny Ainge. That's it. I'll even go pick up Danny Ainge. Done deal. But he's a Celtic for life. He bleeds green. I know he played for the Phoenix Suns and a couple other squads, but I don't think he's leaving there. <laughs> Agreed. Well, always fun wrap with you, Moke. 
Big thanks out of our producer, Jason Pateri. We will be back next week on the Knicks Blog Podcast. I do think Carmelo Anthony will be back next week also. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. This has been the Knicks Blog Podcast, part of the SNY.TV Audio Network.